Comics Action Show is created by Jupiter Broadcasting. It's sponsored by Ting. Go to last.ting.com to save off your first device or plan. And DigitalOcean. Go to digitalocean.com and use the promo code Here's the Thing, all one word like you're slurring it, and spin up your own Linux rig for free. And Linux Academy. Go to linuxacademy.com slash unplugged and invest in your mind while saving some money. Welcome to Linux Action Show episode 467. My name is Chris. My name is Noah. Hey there, Noah. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? It's pretty cool to be in studio, yeah. but have my own camera. Yeah. And like, yeah. It might be the second to last episode of the Linux Action Show ever, but Noah and I have been up for about 24, no, not really, but we have been up for many, many hours. We've been working for three days. Doing our first ever three camera shoot. Now, you might say, Chris, I only see two cameras. Oh, wait. I will surprise you soon. We have a multi-camera setup in studio, all powered by Linux, recorded on Linux, all of it is happening right now. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Today we're going to talk about how Macs are here to destroy desktop Linux forever. Uh, between uh, production and all of these, right now, I mean, it's just a, it's going to be a devastation, Noah. It's devastation. Devastation. There is actually some concerns. In fact, a, a, a really well, well-established Linux audio developer this week said that audio production on Linux is doomed for the next five years. Apple recently announced they'll be updating the Mac Pro and they'll be creating an iMac Pro. So there is actually some consideration if maybe the Macs per, um, pose more competition than we've given them credit for on this show in the past. So we'll talk about that. There could be some legitimacy to it. Maybe, maybe in our enthusiasm for desktop Linux, we've glossed over a few issues and we're going to get real legit and honest with you guys. Legit lit AF this week on the Linux Action Show. Only two episodes left, but this is the one where we get lit AF. <laughs> also in the news segment, we'll talk about big news from Kali Linux, Linux Mint, used by terrorist. And why are you going to just skip right over Linux kernel 4.10? You can skip right over Linux kernel 4.11, and you're going to want to go right to Linux kernel 4.12 right now, today. At least if you have a USB-C device. And... Last but not least, one of the most submitted stories this week to the show will talk about Blackmagic's new DaVinci Resolve 14. I don't know why everybody cares, but a lot of you do, so we'll talk about it. And both Noah and I attempted to give it a go. We'll give you our impressions of DaVinci's new software. Plus, we have the feedback. But before all of that, Noah, do you know what we've got? We've got the picks! We have definitely got the picks this week. I am... This might be my favorite runs Linux ever, so it's appropriate that it's, uh, it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. This is incredible. The first ever open source satellite that is actually up in orbit mm -hmm. runs Linux and was set up using Linux. How cool is this? A satellite in orbit right now runs Linux. That, my friends. Go for main engine start. One, zero, and liftoff of the Atlas V rocket with Cygnus and the SS John Glenn extending the research legacy for living and working in space. So on there is one of these cube satellites that we talked about ages ago in SciBite. And uh, you remember SciBite? I do. Yeah. Well, Heather talked about these cube satellites. And these things are so, so cool. They're tiny, itty-bitty satellites that are running different open source platforms. The spec of the satellite itself is open source. All of it. Like, a regular human being could create themselves a cube that is designed to go up into space. Now, if it goes up into space, that's, well, that, that, is, that is a different story. But you can actually get access to the, all of the information. And check this out. Your buddies 
over at Red Hat mm -hmm. are in on the game. So before we get there, uh, I'll tell you about the setup. So here you can see there's a Lenovo laptop connected to one of these Cube satellites. And what's that Lenovo laptop running? Oh, it's running Linux with GNOME, which is great. They're connecting to these Cube satellites over USB. But then Red Hat, there's I don't know if Red Hat's directly involved. I have a link in the in the show notes. You guys can check it out. Um, but Red Hat has um, basically like Space Linux. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a it's a it's, space Linux. it's like CentOS for space. Yeah. Meant for these kinds of platforms, uh -huh. and it's I—that's what they're using. You so, know what they probably have? They probably have a single static kernel that yeah, like wonder, never I, updates. Red Hat Space Edition or something like that. I have a link in the show notes if you guys want to check it out, but I didn't grab it for some stupid reason before the show. So I think when you search for Red Hat Space Edition, you're going to find nothing. But it is actually pretty neat. Spacewalk! That's what it's called. Spacewalk.redhat.com. It's an actual official Red Hat project. <coughs> Look at that. I can't believe I actually found it. Uh, Spacewalk is an open source Linux management solution. It's the upstream community project from which the Red Hat satellite product is derived. Uh, Spacewalk manages software content updates, um, and it all makes it it all makes it like it's like scientific Linux or CentOS, but for this specific industry. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's great about that actually is is really kind of entertaining to me is that uh, they're using that nice, stable, not updated, not rolling. What are you triggering me for, dude? We're at the beginning of the show, and you're trying to trigger me about rolling? I'm not trying to trigger you about rolling. Yeah. I just think stable is a better way to go. Says the man who just helped me set up an entire production studio on a rolling distro. That's true. I mean, I'm just saying, Noah. That's I'm, true. I'm just saying. That's true. But uh, I, I like this, too. I, it's hard to tell. I couldn't... I guess we could zoom and enhance here. Do you think we could actually... by The thing about GNOME... Enhance. The thing about GNOME 3... Uh, or I'm yes. sorry, GNOME 3, especially with no extensions, is it's almost impossible to identify what distro that is. Yeah. That whole beautiful distraction-free environment of GNOME mm -hmm. also is very unbranded. Right, yeah. And so, like, in the past, I would either see, like, an OpenSUSE, like, lizard in the corner. So it's probably pretty fair to assume that it's Red Hat Enterprise. Okay, I'm going to say it's Ubuntu. Guess. I'm going to say, or, just because really? just, no, you said Red Hat, I'm going to say it's Ubuntu. No, it's, it's uh, Linux Mint GNOME 3 edition, okay. dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's something special. It's really special. Um, and they're using Wayland on, on, on Mint. All right. Well, anyways, you can find out more at uh, hackaday.com. We have a link in the show notes. Brian wrote up a Brian Benshoff. 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 Mr. Benshoff. You know how many people I've met recently that have two first names? <laughs> so it's like I think that's his last name. I no, I know, but Ben, are Brian you, Ben. His name is Brian Ben, and then they just added Shaw. Are you, are you like they just chopped Shaw on there? You, like like, well, this is too much of a first name. Let's just add Shaw. Are, are you assuming his surname? I am assuming his surname. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, uh, by the way, I should mention the uh, satellite's called the Upsat. It's a two U CubeSat that's completely open source. Everything's up on the on the on the uh, as you would say, no, at GitHub. <laughs> I never, I've never said that. That's, you have that's, too. That's, that has never left my mouth. Jithub. Oh, oh wait, Jif. it's somebody else I'm thinking of. This is GitHub. Okay, you're right. You're right. Smack. But it's something you would say. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's the metric you're going with. One of your friends oh says GitHub. That's why I got it confused. People tell me it's GitHub. Yeah, the best people. The best. People. A lot of people. Tell A lot me. of people have said. I've, I've seen that. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> so you can find out more at hackaday.com. We have a link in the show notes uh, for your faces if you'd like to check that out. So Noah is here in studio. I'm I'm really I'm really enjoying it because it means we're just knocking out a ton of cool projects. There is literally not a single Mac in the room right now, but we'll tell you more <laughs> about that later. That's a, I mean, ten years of this show, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's not, so it's it's funny too because the the permission to do that was literally the here's the conversation in its entirety was was hey do you mind if I get started on those some of those things we talked about uh, what do you mean well just in the studio I mean we're not going to use it for another show right 
Well, not until Monday or Sunday. And this okay. was on, and was this it. was on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. This was on well, Thursday night. I didn't. I'm not gonna wait an extra day. Yeah. This is right after you got done with Unfiltered. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah. And here we are, Sunday morning, and it's just finally come together. Like it's mm-hmm. really, it's really, it's really clicking. <laughs> uh, so if there's anything weird, totally blame Noah, and also you're then blaming Linux and open source. Just yes. Saying. Yes. But if you want to screw Linux and open source, go ahead and point it go out. Go ahead and complain. Yeah, go ahead. That's, we'll take it. Uh, in the meantime, maybe we should have done it all on DigitalOcean. At least they get it right. DigitalOcean.com. Go over there and use our promo code. Here's the thing. After you create an account, it's like magic. You go over there, you make an account, you apply. Here's the thing, and all of a sudden, you got a ten dollar credit. Now, DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider that's dedicated to giving you the easiest and honestly the best interface to setting this up. I, I'm going to take this whole spot right here. Okay. I'm not going to, I just, I can't do it. I got only two episodes left. I can't do it. I have to be honest about something. I mean, I hope DigitalOcean's not upset. But the truth is, it's the best dashboard in the damn world. It's the best dashboard. The best dashboard ever. Nobody's got a better dashboard. Ain't nobody got a better dashboard, and I'll tell you why. So everybody else is like, oh, well, let's see. I just have to really do a great job about thinking about my features and my interface, and I'll just knock this off, and then I have a new DigitalOcean knockoff. Here's the thing. DigitalOcean ain't standing still. They're not sitting around. DigitalOcean's adding things like load balancers. They're adding things like monitoring. They're integrating that into the dashboard. They're adding things like block storage. New DNS. uh, DNS management, SSH key management. And the thing is, when you go to to log into the UI for the first time, the dashboard, after they've added those features, Mm -hmm. it's not like, oh my God, how do I use this? I'm totally lost. It is, oh, it feels like these have been here forever. These have always been here. Best dashboard ever. They get, oh, multiple DNS management, best dashboard ever. Oh, now they have mo- best dashboard ever. Now now they have highly available best dashboard ever. And then they have like this API. Now, I don't know why you'd want to use this API. Maybe you want to automate all the things you could do to the dashboard. Did Maybe you know that you can get the API string from the dashboard? Yeah, well, here's the thing, Noah. They might have the best dashboard ever. They might have a great UI to manage all of this thing, sure. But they got this API. So I'm like, hmm, let me go use the API so that way I can use the bots in my chat room to automatically spin up droplets and start and stop them so that way I can connect streams automatically and I'll use it every single day. But you know what I found, Noah? You know what I found when I was efficiently using that API? You had to go into the dashboard to manage it? I just missed the dashboard because the dashboard is so good. DigitalOcean.com. Go over to DigitalOcean and check out the dashboard. It's a great dashboard. Go over to DigitalOcean.com and use the promo code. Here's the thing. They got a dashboard. You can use that dashboard to check out how to spin up a VM. It's a. It's not like a regular VM either. It's a VPS on their Linux-based infrastructure with SSD storage. So that way the dashboard loads super quick. And on top of that, they got data centers all over the world. So you can spin them one up in San Francisco, New York, Singapore, Amsterdam, London, Toronto, Germany, India, wherever you want. I don't care. They got a dashboard. <laughs> I literally got to a point where I was calling it the D word on Ask Noah because I didn't want to get in trouble with the, the viewers. <coughs> so that's Check it cool. out at digitalocean.com. Sign up. And then apply our promo code. Here's the thing. Now, um, we are working on a way to completely re-automate all of our OG, WebM, Opus. I believe it's OG. <laughs> Theora. 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 Opus. <laughs> and VP8 files. And you know how we're going to do that? We're going to do it on DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean.com. When Alan Jude wanted to add a little more capacity to scale engine, you know what he did? He went to DigitalOcean at DigitalOcean.com. Use our promo code. Here's the thing. And a big thank you to DigitalOcean for not only sponsoring Linux Action Show, but damn that dashboard. (laughs)
damn.dashboard.digitalocean.com. Use our promo code. Here's the thing. And a big thank you, DigitalOcean, for sponsoring Linux Action Show. And if you haven't had a chance, they got the best dashboard in the industry. Check it out. <laughs> DigitalOcean.com. Okay. So I've got a desktop app pick that we could basically just throw this mixer out. We could throw all the equipment out. And well, good. Let's do that. <laughs> just take this microphone and raw dog it into a USB port and call it good. Okay. All right. You don't need none of this hardware. You don't need none of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's called Pulse Effects. It's called Pulse Effects. It's a lip pulse, pulse. It's a limiter, compressor, reverberator. Hello. Hi there. And a stereo equalizer. And also, it'll auto volume things all running on top of Pulse Audio. If you're watching the video version, you'll see the beautiful GTK3 interface that really takes advantage of that built-in header bar. I mean, look at that. I mean, damn, that's nice. And you can see a real-time VU meter of all of the sounds coming in and out of your Linux box. And then you can modify, like, the EQ, the, the uh, compressor, a gate. It is everything you would need to do a podcast that sounds decent, if you have the right hardware, by yourself and make an MP3 file without any additional hardware other than Linux and a USB microphone. I would love to play with this because in my experience, I am would is it would it, would it be a fair characterization to say that I am willing to make significant compromises and take significant hits in order to get something done on Linux? Yeah, I would say it to a fault. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if I'm if if I'm going to go on the uh, on the record and say that there's uh, something might be too much for me, that really probably says something, right? And here's been my experience. Anytime I've ever tried to do serious audio routing inside of Linux, it has, I have fallen flat on my face. Like yep, to the point that yep. I get weird echoes, to the point that I get, you know, things in bleeding into other channels that they shouldn't be. I really hope this works as well as everyone says. And maybe if you get enough DACs on the outside of it, and that's where the actual separation eh, is happening, maybe, nah. maybe. Actually, what's pretty cool about it too is it doesn't even have to be for your voice. I mean, you and I think about it from a podcast perspective, right. but because Pulse Audio uh, individually breaks out different applications, mm-hmm. you could just use this to equalize the audio from Chrome and, say, Telegram so that everything just has the same volume level on your rig to, no matter what the application is. So before I go too far with this, let me just say there is some application just for Joe user or Jane user that has a couple of applications and and you want to just apply a normalizer to all of them. That's, Even if you're not doing professional broadcast. Right. I mean, that's kind of, that is lit AF, as they say on YouTube. <laughs> lit L-I-T. Yes, yes. I, AF. Yeah, I just, it just, yeah, I know. People don't like it when I swear. Oh. If I said, a, is it, that swearing? Well, no. If I said oh. that's legitimate as fuck, Noah, oh, oh, that, that would okay. upset people. Yes, so okay. what I do now is I say AF. I got Because that doesn't upset anybody. Gotcha. Doesn't, even, though, even though you're communicating the same message. And I sound like a child. <laughs> Right, but it doesn't upset anybody, so we're going with that. It's lit AF, Noah. Uh, so Pulse Effects is also just usable if you don't have like a whole like aspirations to be the next Leo Laporte. However, if you if you wanted to have excuse a go- me, if you don't have aspirations to be the next Chris Fisher, I think is what. Oh you're yeah, to yeah. Say. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you don't want to end your podcast after ten years of hard work, um, right. You need to go with something like this. Yes. And what I would also say is to your to your point, um, I wouldn't use this either, especially if I'm doing multiple hosts. If it's just oh, yeah. me and I want to do like a voiceover for a video, maybe like like a review I'm putting up on YouTube, mm-hmm. or um, I want to sound like uh, as awesome as Hey Citizen does in the mumble room. Mm-hmm. I you know, I, I tell you what, I might I, do. I, this. I, I said we try it because we've got enough uh, Dax around here that we could actually. Put, I've played a little bit together. with it. We should do it more after the show because I yeah. just play with it for a few minutes before the show. Yeah, that's really. You could, I think, using this with a with a standard USB mic, be the best sounding person, say in mumble. 
or on a Skype call or yeah. in a podcast with a single host. When you're going to multiple hosts, then you start to need more than this, like mix minus and stuff like that. Right. But if you just want to normalize all of the audio, make it consistent that's playing through your computer, mm-hmm. or you want to you want to just have great sounding audio for yourself mm-hmm. when you're doing a voiceover, it's, I mean, I mention it because it's one of these things that uh, Windows users can't touch. Like Windows yeah. users can't touch this. Yeah. And Mac users can't touch this. Right. So Pulse Effects, it's a GitHub project. I have it linked up on the in the show notes. I that's if nothing else. Like we like to shit on Pulse audio. And I gotta tell you, uh I'm as somebody who's now <laughs> running a lot of Pulse audio, uh, I think it's great. And I sure it had a rough time, but it mm-hmm. is I think my favorite audio subsystem of any operating system I use. And um if we're right well, if this guy, if this developer's right that we're about to talk about in the main segment, that the golden age of Linux audio is over, mm-hmm. I will miss, I will miss Pulse Audio. Like, I think it's been great for the last two years. Yeah. And Pulse Effects just sort of leverages all of that. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Pulse is, is, I, I guess I have not really had the problems that you've had under Pulse. I, you uh, know, once it was early Plasma desktop and once I got mm-hmm. off of it, I really didn't have any problem. Yeah, I've never really had any. And even now in Modern Plasma. I did, you know, an update actually to last week's episode. So this thing I found. The XPS 13? Yes. If you, there's a special ULSA command. And if you paste the super secret special ULSA command in, and then you go through and you, you unselect the output device and then reselect it, I can get headphones to work on it. I know, it sounds crazy, but it works. Huh. Yeah. It's like a process of elimination. Yeah, well, it's like it's like I have to first. It's like kind of it's like it enables the device, but then I have to unselect it and reselect it to get it to actually output. I have to do that every time I plug headphones. That is annoying. But at least I can use it, you know. So it's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, Have you ever though? Have you ever been like watching like YouTube videos and like the audio has been like all over the place? Oh yeah, this would solve that. Yeah, for sure. Because running your yeah, that's it's neat. Anyways, I I just thought that was kind of cool. I have uh, I have it linked up in the show notes because it's probably going to depend on your distro if there's a package or not. You know, that's one of those. It's one of those things. But uh, while we're still doing them, go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash LASPICS, last picks, and we'll have our past picks on there. And they get updated from time to time. So we try to get that in there. And we've got great stuff. For you. If you're loading up a new Linux box and you want to try out some great applications, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash last picks. All right, Noah, with the picks all done, let's do the news. It's the news, and this episode is brought to you by Ting.com. Go to last.ting.com, last.ting.com to support the show and get $25 off a Ting device, or if you bring one, get $25 in service credit. Ting is on a mission to make mobile make sense. And what does that mean? Well, that means you just pay for what you use. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Minutes, messages, and megabytes. Whatever you use, that's what you pay, my friends, and it's just $6 for the line. Go to Ting and look around. Check it out. Go. In fact, do me a favor. Keep the show going for 10 more years by going to last.ting.com. Actually, maybe I should. You know what? I need, I need a new line. Say goodbye to the Linux Action Show <laughs> by going to last. Say hello to user error by going say to Say hello la- to 6G mobile networks. Yeah. Say hello to 6G mobile networks by going to last.ting.com and learn more because Ting is the first market. Is first to market with 6G, not 5G, mobile network technology. That's right, my friends. The brand new 6G mobile network technology promises to be at least twice as fast as 3G. And if you're going to maybe 
just go by the gut feeling, it should be about 2.7 times more legit than 5G, which you never got a chance to use. Now, think about it. Ting is in a special market <laughs> position here, my friends, because they saw that some carriers were innovating in the iterative network naming technology space, and they decided to take that challenge head on. Now, this is risky. And it takes courage. Tink says they're moving beyond the software-defined network to a marketing-defined network. And this, my friends, is called an MDN. By twisting the pencil and rubbing your mustache, you can maybe have the next big rush. And now think about this. Break it down. Because when you think about 6G, it doesn't mean shit. So you can make it mean anything. The underlying technology of a 6G mobile network technology is the exact same thing as two 3G networks plus LTE without any of the other hype. Then you combine that together into some sort of super network. If you're going to press all that together, then really, why not? have LTE, but you just call it 6G. And that, my friends, is marketing BS. <laughs> I love this. This is a blog post by Tink. I love it. This is yeah. good. <clears throat> this is exactly Ting what I was says, upset about. Tink says, we're very happy to be the first to bring this brand new mobile buzzword to the market. <laughs> uh, while our CPO is one writing this press release, I feel completely comfortable with each and every quote that is being attributed to me. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? If you just want simple mobile that isn't a bunch of crap, isn't a bunch of hype, check it out. Last.ting.com. They got a CDMA and GSM network. You can pick which one works better in your area. You pay for what you use. And if you go to last.ting.com, not only are you voting for an open source podcast that's covering Linux and open source, you're voting for changing the mobile industry. Instead of duopolies that have agreements, and not contracts, but agreements, you get to speak to a real human being with no limits, no contracts. Instead of having some crappy interface that's meant to upsell you constantly, you get the dashboard from Ting, a double-down dashboard that is better than any dashboard in the industry. And they got CDMA and GSM networks. That means if you want to bring your internet phone or your Samsung Galaxy S8, or maybe, let's be honest, your reasonable Nexus 5X or Pixel, Ting's going to be the perfect network for that. And they've got the controls that you need to shut off individual aspects of your account, turn things on, or maybe, like Noah, <coughs> take it up to the next level without a mute switch. Go to last.ting.com. <laughs> and while you're there, read all about Ting's new first-to-market 6G mobile network technology marketing network. Can I ask you a question? Which dashboard do you like better, DigitalOcean or Ting? Well, I gotta say, probably Ting, just because like the 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 cellular the cellular duopolies have mm -hmm. kept us behind for so long. Mm. Where like at the end of the day, I could get by with a command line with, with what I personally need from DigitalOcean, yeah. but for Ting, like there's no command line to to manage your your mobile service provider. It's no good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you need somebody who's actually took the time to build good apps and build a good interface, and that is definitely Ting. Ting should get an API for their dashboard management, and then we could manage that through DigitalOcean on the Ooh, command line. You know, if only we could double down on dashboards somehow. Somehow. Last.ting.com. Go double down on a dashboard. Get yourself a great phone. And by the way, you know what else? Use the mobile phone provider that both Noah and I use. Just saying. Hashtag underscore just saying underscore 2017. Hashtag Yellowswag. I'm really excited about uh, Cali. I like penetrating distros. <laughs> What? It's a great way to open. Okay. All right. You like no, penetrating I do, distros? I used No, I I I I don't know what you're thinking about, but okay. I used to get I used to get paid to do penetration testing. Okay. What? What's the matter? I just I just saying no. penetration <laughs> testing. <laughs> what? <laughs>
I'm sorry. Okay, you got paid to, to penetrate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like I would I would penetrate hard too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you you are excited about you're excited ah. about the Cali Linux ah. penetration testing yeah. Linux. Actually, we're all super fucked. So let me tell you about what's going on. We are really fucked. No, dude. no, 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 no. We are screwed AF. Yeah, oh right. Sorry. Sorry. We are lit screwed, guys. We are lit screwed. Um I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, because here's why. I, I mean, I can cut through everything if you want. Like, if you got a great GPU, uh, Kali's got support for that. Um, you want to do wireless card injection, uh, Kali's got support for that. Here's the thing, though. Oh, I wanted the I wanted the dramatic. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have my dramatic uh, mic I noise. It down for you yeah, you did. You that. fixed it. Um, so here's you have to watch live to know what I'm talking about. But here's the, here's really what it is. Kali uh, Linux. Is just like a couple of clicks later, and now you're you're doing GPU password cracking on AWS or Azure. <laughs> Have at it. <laughs> the chat room is not helping. What? I'm trying to be serious. They're suggesting bad titles. <clears throat> okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm with you now. <laughs> so imagine you get your hands on some passwords. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're one of these lead hackers out there, and you use dashboards. Elite. Yes. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. That's okay. All right, so you're you're L E E T L three three yeah super lead super yeah, lead. Okay. like not even regularly but like lead. yeah like four chan lead okay and so you want to you want to crack some passwords with a one click bojack bot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, the show's going off the rails so fast. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, so due to increasing popularity of using cloud based instances, which I know you love, I love the cloud. Yeah, for password cracking, which is actually probably the most lit AF usage of the cloud. Uh, we've decided, Cali, focusing our efforts into streaming Cali's approach, streamlining. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we noticed that Amazon's AWS and Microsoft's Azure services happen to have some GPUs, you know, of the CUDA variety. Mm -hmm. So what we have done is we made it possible to spin up corresponding AWS and Azure images of Kali that support CUDA GPU cracking out of the box. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's good. Yeah, let's be able to do that kind of math and to kind of leverage the amount of computing power that we have on GPUs. If you think about it, really what we've done is we've taken all the things we learned about Bitcoin mining and turned them into to hacking, you know. Your password, which yeah, is... exactly. So here's here's my thoughts on it is um, there's a, the security trade press for uh, uh, cyber security. <laughs> cyber. Cyber security. This, mm -hmm. the, the trade press, as it mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. is really crapping their beds over this because... Um, what they're saying, and tell me what you think of this. What the trade press is saying is that for of the cybersecurity industry mm -hmm. is that this allows any Jack and Joe and Jane hacker to download their Linux ISO of their choice and crack the world's passwords Good. on AWS. That's great. I think that's fantastic. I think then the answer to that should be let's fix the problems on AWS so that there aren't tools that exist to crack them, not let's take the cracking tools away from the people. It doesn't make any I sense. I kind of disagree. So, I mean, I think you're right. For, uh, big picture, I agree. I don't think mm -hmm. it's AWS... I don't think that's what the problem is. Mm. I think the problem is shitty passwords and how right. you authenticate. Sure. Um, and I, I don't feel like, like, there's not, like, some sort of, like, cybersecurity underground group that lives on tour that all of a sudden is going to be empowered by Cali. Even if there was, I I guess... My They're already cracking passwords. Right, right. And, and, the, and the thing is, if, if the, I don't believe in, like, artificially making a line and being like, well, technically the tools exist to do this, but we should... I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a good way to go about the you know, problem. Uh, myself, the most common times I've cracked passwords have mm -hmm. been for either clients or when I worked there and I was doing security audits. And sure. uh, I do think it means that if, you know, your average person 
that knew about Kali Linux and somehow got their hands on somebody's password database. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe they now have a better tool than they had in the past. But if you look at that compared to the bigger picture of state-sponsored attacks mm -hmm. or uh, even internal hacks, they've already got tools. Like, yeah. what Kali Linux is doing is automating tool sets that were available to these people for a while now. So yeah. it's not like Kali Linux is all of a sudden enabling a new level of hacking. But if you were to read the press, that is essentially what it is. And even the register, which I like a lot, has kind of sort of played into this. So the register's headline, which I would say would probably be the most respectable in our community. Uh -huh. Here's their headline. Kali Linux can now use cloud GPUs for password cracking. <laughs> Boom, right up there. Right, but it's just one of the features. It's just yeah. one of the features. In fact, it's not even the most obvious feature or the easiest to use feature. It's just one of the features. Mm -hmm. But this has become the headlight feature mm -hmm. of the new Kali Linux. Is now Jane Hacker can download Kali Linux and use Amazon's unbelievable powerful cloud because Amazon's so powerful to crack passwords. So just uh, plain devil's advocate. So what do you suggest we do if not? Oh, I think everybody just needs to shut the fuck up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. really. I mean, because, really, because everybody's, everybody's freaking out about nothing. Yeah. But uh, as somebody who's used this tool legitimately to audit his own, like, networks, to audit clients' networks, mm -hmm. this is a very legitimate tool. And password cracking? So let me tell you. So I'll just I, – I have personal experience with banking, but I can imagine there's other industries that must be like this. Right. So in banking – they will come in, and th they, being the FC the FDIC, has they, they hire auditors to make yeah. sure that you are you are worthy of your FDIC insurance. In right. the states, we have this cute little thing that you're not nobody nobody takes a bank seriously unless unless it is FDIC insured, right. right? Some credit unions use a different insurance agency. Yeah, but to be a credible bank in the United States of America, you have to be FDIC insured, mm. and that means that up to a certain amount. Under a million dollars, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, and there's different discussions about changing it, but your 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 balances are insured up to two hundred fifty k or whatever it might mm -hmm. be, and it's a it's that's a number that changes from time to time. Right. So the 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 little insurance for two hundred fifty thousand dollars for each person's account, mm -hmm. that little bit of insurance from the FDIC, mm -hmm. what that translates to in the IT world is fucking hell because you have to do every little thing. So if you have an NT4 network and mm -hmm. they've decided that Linux isn't good enough and you need to go to Active Directory, you right. do it or you lose your FDIC insurance. Right. If they have decided that you need to have passwords of a certain complexity levels and anything, an automated account, a backup account, mm -hmm. an ATM machine that logs into the network to, to do a SSH session to the, to the mainframe, right. if it doesn't have a password, you lose your FDIC insurance. And you get flagged once, you get flagged twice, you get flagged thrice, you're out. And it is something that the entire organization takes extremely seriously. Every 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 cell in that organization takes that very seriously. Right. And that translates to an intense amount of pressure on the IT department. Sure. Because you screw something up in IT, then you've screwed it for the entire bank, right? Yeah, right. And so when I see this kind of stuff and I see like them throwing these things around, I think about the like the like the downstream IT guys that are trying to save their organization from having their FDIC insurance revoked, that mm -hmm. are trying to do their own local password cracking, that are trying to check their own vulnerabilities, that are trying to scan their own network ports, that are trying to do their own scans of their own network. Sure. 
that's what these that's what the actual realistic black matter users are of Kali Linux. Mm-hmm. And so when I see the trade press giving it this bullshit line about how it now every everyday hackers can download Kali Linux right. and use this elite Linux hacking tool to crack the world's passwords, yeah. it offends me mm-hmm. because it was literally these kinds of things as a as as a as a worker bee yeah. that I used right. to keep my bank insured to keep employees paid to keep customers coming through the door. Right, kept the door open, yeah. Yeah, so for me, it's like, it's offensive as hell. Even mm. the register, where they where they focus on, like, one of the many features, I find it to be, I find it to be, like, over the top. Yeah, and it's sure. not even, like, they're even here. And, and some of the other, like, the Windows, like, the Windows press, the, oh, it's bad. Kali Linux is arming a new generation of cyber hackers. I don't like that. It just, yeah. it, it just, it just, and it just takes one political s storm for all of a sudden to be, to, for Cali all of a sudden to be like the hacking tool of Russians or Chinese. Yeah, and then all oh, of a sudden, Russians. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. People yeah. tell me. People, people say. People say. Uh, people who know. People, people, the best people, the best people really tell me that. Yeah, so it does upset me a little bit, but it's a great tool. And so here's basically what I have to say about this. Mm-hmm. My takeaway from all of this is if you're listening to this show and you're even remotely interested in security or checking your own network, give it a download. Give it a download and use it for a legitimate reason. Yeah. Because that is the kind of thing, like, just like if the more people that use encryption, the more people that use VPNs, right. the more people that use Tor. Right, normalizes it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the defense. And sure. so if, if you're listening to this show and you can give it a download and you want to give it a try and you're not doing something stupid, I say you are part of the voting public to give it support. Just like Cody. It's like a totally different realm, but Cody needs that same support right now. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. So uh, moving on uh, from that, I just thought that was an interesting story. And, uh, along the same vein, though, uh, if you are an elite hacker for the Islamic State, for ISIS, mm-hmm. ISIL, or Daesh, well, then you're probably using Linux Mint. I call him uh, a, a cute and fuzzy bunny. Yeah. 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 Can't agree on a name, so. No. Uh, Linux Mint is, uh, is the uh, distribution of choice of a terror nerd who awaits a sentencing. A terror nerd. Mm. Yeah. I prefer the term terror geek. How about a paranoid fella? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. He held he he hid weapons and manuals in secret places. So uh this is Ooh. a yeah, a paranoid Welsh Muslim who wore gloves while typing on his laptop. That's how paranoid he is. Admitted to being part of the Islamic state and <gasps> gasp harbored a copy of Linux Mint, which by the way in the uh, filings is being described, Linux Mint is being described as a new and dangerous breed of terrorist. His use of Linux Mint, using Linux to hide this. Yeah. He's a new and interesting breed. Uh, This is true. He was a former pensions administrator, and uh, he had bought 30 sets of cufflinks containing USB keys from eBay. Oh, nice. So cufflinks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, So one of those was a copy of the dangerous weaponized Linux Mint operating system, yeah, and uh, while others contained mili- other cufflinks contained military manuals for guided missiles, obviously, this one had Linux Mint on it. And this is the real dangerous because in there was all kinds of information. Now the prosecutor is looking at this and they say he's a cyber terrorist mm-hmm. and said he was a part of a new and dangerous breed of terrorists. Yeah, very dangerous. And he's admitted to membership in the Islamic State, uh, terrorist training, telling them how to hide bombs and to use encryption. He had YouTube videos that were. Oh my God. Yeah, dude, get ready for this. I mean, I hope your kids aren't watching because I don't want to upset them, but um, he was making YouTube videos on how to use Tor. Tor? Tor. He was using Tor? Yeah, man. 
on his computer. Yeah, and he told people. And how he was to connected do it. to the internet, dude. It's worse than that. He told he was people, spreading Tor. No, he told people how to use Tor. Oh my gosh, how how can we hear that? I I don't know. I I thought about not. I thought about maybe this is too controversial to yeah. talk about. Tor, jeez, uh, <clears throat> it's the dark web, Noah. So dark web, yes, it's the dark web. Yes, much dark. Yeah, I think Very harm. I think there was the Silk Road. So kill. Mm. <sighs> so prosecutor. Jeez, dude, I mean, so yeah. let, let, let me ask you this, really. Okay, my first question is, why Linux Mint? Okay, so let's... Can let, I tell you something? Wait, so, before you go any further, when I heard Linux Mint, I'm like, well, this guy's not lit. <laughs> he's not lit AF. Maybe he's lit, just not lit AF. Is the, 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 thing about, the thing about Linux Mint is, it's not a particular... Like, if you actually dig into it, <clears throat> I would not say it's the most secure distro ever. So let's start with that. And then let's go to... It's, <laughs> not, it's not necessarily the most portable Linux distro ever, because it's really designed for newbies that are coming from Windows. Like He wasn't so worried about many- physical security because the article and the authorities go to... At, at many times in the filing to point out that he lived alone in his own apartment uh-huh. by himself. Good. That's important. I have no idea what that means. So I don't know why you would choose Linux Mint, but then on top of all of that, how does the operating system facilitate terrorism itself? Like, would it be would because it be better if you had a, if you had a bootable version of Windows? Yes, th- th- it's not Windows. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Mac, maybe Mac users are also maybe. terrorists. Yeah, uh, the register says they understand that this means he hosted uh, some content on the Tor network too, uh, which uh, you know obviously was referred to as the uh, as as the dark web. Right. So I'm pretty scared. Yeah, me too. Petrified. You know what? I, what I would like them to do is start. It's a good ba- thing we don't have distros landing thumb drives all I know. around here. That's a the, really. Good I thing. feel like the only fix to this is to ban all laptops on flights. That's that, the only solution. Good. Actually, really, all electronics. Let's just go back to magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if somebody's using a lot of TCP/IP, we should we should break down because uh, 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 you know I hate it. That's another one of my trigger things. Like we can layer UDP into like why do we always run it all together as if it's one thing it's not one thing dude dude I, I just feel like right. TCP connections are more suspicious than UDP connections because yes. like on the TCP connections man like those terrorists right. they really care but on the UDP connections people be like, like honey best badger effort. yeah exactly maybe maybe the terrorism happens maybe no, not so much terror uh, for some reason and I don't know if it's just because you and I have bought millions of adapters in our life or because we've struggled with dongles Chris they're dongles now dongles and micro USB but I am so excited you and I both about USB-C and uh, body is ready for USB-C. Here's why you don't care about Linux 410. You're probably just getting Linux 410. Uh, don't care about that. Linux 411 just came out. Nobody cares about that. Sorry, Linus. What you really want is Linux 4.12. What are we getting for Linux 4.12? Well, you get you get USB-C magic. Nice. Tell me yeah. about the magic. Well, uh, another feature look to, vo- to look forward to would be the newer hardware USB-C f- features, which is called for short a port manager. The TCPM. That's the acronym. So don't freak out if you see the acronym TCPM floating around over the next few okay. months. It's a driver that is going to uh, allow power delivery state machines for source and sync ports. So this driver serves as a state machine while other USB Type-C drivers are responsible for the rest of the functionality. So when you hook up USB-C, there's like a should you charge me or should I charge you kind of conversation <laughs> that has to happen. And the TCPM driver is responsible for managing the role of each USB-C type port on the system depending on the connected device. Now, this is a kernel-level thing, so I assume there's some sort of UI that gets stacked that can talk into this thing? No? I don't... I would bet not. I would bet that the kernel will figure out if he... So, essentially, I think in some ways it's, are you a data transfer device? Yeah. Should we be talking data? Right. And do you have more power, or do I have more power, and what order were you connected in? 
And that's essentially what this thing figures out. And I think that all happens at the kernel level. So one of the things that's interesting about USB-C... But I don't get any decision in that? Like, I can't choose which device charge? Uh, I, yeah. Really cool. Well, maybe. Maybe there will be. I don't know. Maybe you can cat a one to proc somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so the thing, about, the thing to think about, though, is like, if you hook a... Uh, if you hook, say... Um, let's just say, like, you take this camera right here. And let's say that was USB-C and it had a big... 500 milliamp battery on it. Sweet. Actually, let's say it has even bigger. Let's say it has a 5,000 milliamp battery. 5,000 And your laptop doesn't have that big of a battery. No. If you hook the camera up to your laptop over USB-C to import footage, right. which should be charging which? Nobody knows. This figures that out. So should the laptop be charging the camera or should the camera right. be charging the laptop? I mean, personally, I would prefer a pop-up box and say, you've just connected your phone. Would you like the phone to charge the the laptop or the laptop to charge your phone? I'd like to be able to choose that. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah uh, me too. Uh, yeah, I sure would. So yeah. maybe someday we can get, <laughs> there, get like Some of us, UI, uh, make no mistake about it. There will be a bug file at some point where somebody says, um, my cell phone keeps charging my laptop. And that will happen. That's, I think we're going to go through a period of time with USB-C where we just work that S out. The good thing I don't really ever charge any of my devices from my laptop. I've never done that. Yeah, I some like last night I did. Go fast enough. Last night I crashed here at the studio, mm -hmm. and so I plugged my my phone into my computer, my desktop to charge. Oh, it. you did. Yeah, yeah like, I guess if you have all night, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so you and I are both really oh, excited. Oh, buddy! It. And a lot of folks in the subreddit at LinuxActionShow.reddit.com apparently are very excited about it. I guess they have a lot of hardware. Uh, DaVinci Resolve 14 is out, but what's more important is it's out for Linux. And in DaVinci 14, they've made a few changes, most of which are the the ones that we'll be talking about are uh, like the uh, editor fe features and some other things. So there's DaVinci is. DaVinci really has a name for themselves for color editing. So Blackmagic owns DaVinci, and they make a lot of different hardware. And one of the things they also make is color correcting software. So you bring your footage in, and you color correct it there. You can apply, you can apply LUTs, which are like pre-done math to modify the uh, the colors of the video. Mm -hmm. You can you can bring all that in. You 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 have a separate application to produce your color. And now with what what Blackmagic is going to do with DaVinci 14. Is they're going to merge that with an actual real you know, um, linear editor mm -hmm. for uh, for video. So it has, they say, hundreds of new features for colorists and also for the first time you're going to like this audio professionals. Nice. They have a new playback engine, which they say is ten times faster. Uh, DaVinci Resolve 14 has a revolutionary new multi-user collaboration tool, such as uh, like bin locking, chat, and timeline merging that allows editors and colorists and sound editors. To work on the same project at the same time, God, that's getting to be a thing, huh? There's a, so Premier, many different Premiere is yeah. working on the same well, thing. Premiere, and then there's also that I can't remember the name of it, but there was a a video editor that's specifically on Linux that um, it is it is the the entire video editor is set up to do collaborative editing, and they weren't they were kind of in the beginning stages. We saw it at System seventy six. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, absolutely, I remember yeah. that. And the thing was, like, you move it, you move a clip, and it right. moves on all the screens. Like, there people are trying to make the Google Docs for video editors, which I thought maybe we'd get to, uh, like, video editing on Linux first, and then mm -hmm. we'd try to do collaborative editing. Right. But the industry is just moving on. The industry is just saying, you know what, it's time for collaborative editing. Maybe we don't have to bother with Linux. We're just going to get collaborative everything. Yeah. And it's nice to see DaVinci being one of the few, because Adobe's working on this too. Uh, it's really nice to see actually something from DaVinci shipping for Linux 
right now. They have high-end audio editing available in here. They have uh, virtually every imaginable editing and trimming tool available, making it perfect for creative folks or people working on simple YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. They have a high-performance playback engine, which works great with high-resolution video. Um, and they all they, they support processor-intensive formats like H.264 and raw footage. And the reason why that's important is every camera that anybody that's going to buy that's under five... Actually, any camera that anybody's going to buy that's under $8,000 is mm -hmm. going to shoot in H.264. Right. So having great H.264 playback is pretty important. Yeah. Um, all this is pretty great. I tried to get it running on Linux, and I had a lot of different mixed results. Yeah, I did. I, I tried just installing it on plain old Ubuntu 16.04, Forzel, and no luck. Yeah, so, I tried on Arch. I tried it on Arch. Of course. Um, the thing about uh, Resolve is it's really designed primarily for color editing, and then and then when you edit, it's designed mm -hmm. for editing with very sophisticated hardware consoles. Right. Like, like you and yeah, I, well, have, you and I have some cool tools, and yeah, man. I mean, like, look at that. Yeah, it is. It is like it is a one, two, three. That guy in this photo probably has seventeen thousand dollars worth of equipment in front of him. Mm. If you don't even count the screen or the speakers, right? If you look at the room, the sound yep. insulation, and, and the lighting, then mm. it's way more than that. It's probably over. It's probably over fifty. Oh, it's probably, way over that. It's. Probably, so? I bet you that's a two hundred thousand. Look at that room, dude. Look at that wood floor with that sound insulation paneling and yeah. that lighting, and those speakers, and that time code. This is a three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar project right here. Yeah. But the equipment right in front of him is way beyond anything that anybody that just casually wants to edit video could do. Yeah. So that's what DaVinci is targeted at, mm -hmm. and they're now trying to make it work on Linux. I don't know what yeah. the hell's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> Something's going on though. Because yeah. Lightworks, for some reason, Edit Share, they're trying yeah. to do the same thing. Now DaVinci's trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. When we were at Dell, they wouldn't come out and say it, but they were asking us question after question after question mm -hmm. about, well, tell me more about editing under Linux. Tell me more I, about production yeah. issues under Linux. Tell me more about what you need to make production a reality under Linux. Like how mm -hmm. many times do we get asked that question while right. we're at Dell? Everybody's thinking about it. Yeah, I think it's basically that they are looking to go, they want to provide their customers with something other than the Mac. And I think that's a very encouraging trend. To, well, we're going to get there. Yeah. You know what? We're going to get there. Right but now. first, we should mention, <laughs> we have a t-shirt for a limited time with a logo that we should have used for the show the entire time. It is a bearded tux logo with the runtime of the show, 11 years. The time has come. A lot of you have asked if we're doing any going away swag. This is it. Teespring.com slash all good things. If you want one, there's seven days left. Grab one. I've ordered a hoodie, a t-shirt, and a long sleeve shirt because it's not like I'm going to get another chance to do this. You can too. Teespring.com slash all good things. Get a bearded tux. Hey, by the way, tux looks way better with a beard. Hashtag just saying. Pound sign, just saying. Teespring.com slash all good things. One word. That, that's what we're sporting this year at Linux Fest, right? I hope so. All I right. hope so. All right. Now, let's go finish that conversation. Are Macs about to devastate Linux on the desktop just as things are about to get good for Linux? All of these vendors are about to throw all in with GNOME. All of these hardware manufacturers like Dell and System76 and even those bastards over at Lenovo are making systems that work with Linux. We're finally getting there. But a core Linux audio developer tells us that the golden age is over. And Apple tells us that we should all be buying Macs. What do we do? And what's actually happening? 
We'll tell you about that. But first, our friends at Linux Academy. Whether you're an experienced sysadmin or new to the world of Linux, Azure, and AWS, OpenStack, and DevOps, All right. a sharp skill set is an absolute necessity to succeed. Linux Academy, an online Linux and cloud training platform that uses self-paced video courses and hands-on labs to give you real-world experience for a wide range of skills. Train for your certification, learn the latest DevOps tools, and grow your skill set to do better work. I feel like I should Linux do that. Academy is not just a video library. Yeah. Our scenario-based server labs and quiz system. Stop! Stop! They have great servers that you can SSH into. They'll spin them up, uh, spin them up on demand, and you can pick a distro. Whatever distro you pick, the courseware and the server matches that. But that that is not what matters. What matters is that you can SSH into these SOBs. Them allow you to learn hands-on. We also have full-time human instructors. Who stop! So full-time human instructors is such a big deal that I gotta stop this video because, like, who else has human instructors that understand what Linux even is versus GNU? And the ability to answer questions, right? That To me, that's really what stands out is that when you have trouble with something and you don't, it's yeah. not, that's the problem with YouTube yeah. videos, right? Yeah. Is that they, they give fully <laughs> presentable information, <laughs> you know, when they're filmed properly. Yeah. But the problem is then you have no way to ask questions. Yeah, also I don't get any points for my review if I go for YouTube videos. But if I have Linux Academy, haha. <laughs> but let's be honest, how many, how how many online resources have you used for training where there's no instructor and they don't have any idea what you're talking about? Huge, huge, huge differentiator. Anyway, anyways, anyways, I'll let them continue. To answer questions and help you earn that certification or promotion at work. Stop! It's not just about work. Obviously, I mean, as somebody who's been in independent consulting for a long time, it's huge for your marketability. It's huge just for your continuing education. You don't even have to be in the industry to use Linux Academy. Okay, continue linuxacademy.com. We add new training every week, so what? you'll always be up to date on the latest tech. This so admins of every experience level use Linux Academy That's to me. stay on the bleeding edge of the Linux ecosystem. All right. You should too. LinuxAcademy.com slash unplugged. Go there to support the show and sign up for a free seven-day trial. It's incredible to me that you have not lost your voice. Why? <laughs> the amount of screaming you do. Dude, it's my job. It's your job. It's my job. I got to lubricate it first. So what I do is I do a regimen of coconut oil and I just, I gurgle it. And I, or I just gurgle coconut you put oil. put some butter in that coconut oil? Yeah, man. Well, coconut coffee? oil is good for a lot of things. It's I good see. for a lot of things from lubricants to th <laughs> to throat vocals. And Linux Academy is like a lubricant for your yeah, mind. Well, let me tell you some company. Linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. And a big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring this year Linux Action Show. So I'll tell you about a company that wants to lubricate some stuff. Apple has been changing up the waters, I think. And I think that there's a lot of people, and the question has to be asked, if you go to a conference, why is it a sea of MacBooks? Oh, why, my God. Why, I, I have thank to ask, you for being legitimate well, about this, because I, I thought you were going to be a poser, and you're going to pretend like this wasn't a problem, nah, but you're right. It I, is a huge problem. And I have to ask, why does, why does you know, the Linux Dude. Foundation, the largest advocate Dude. of Linux, why are they all using, not their own platform, but they are they have Linux, Linux on, on their payroll, and they are using Macs. Linode. I mean, yeah, I love sure, Linode. Yeah, yeah, they bring Macs. But you ever notice how Linode is not an advertiser on the show? Guess what? They don't use Linux. They use Linux to run their servers. They don't use Linux. I love Linode. I think mm. they're great. They don't use Linux on the desktop. Like, they don't use Linux the way we use Linux. They right. use Linux to make money. And it is a good service, mm -hmm. but they use it to make money. So and that, that, that defines... Hold on. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm fired up now because you got me. This <laughs> defines the entire... 
technology industry. Mm -hmm. We're all happy to use Linux on our servers. We're mm -hmm. all happy to use Linux on our devices. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a joke. Everything runs Linux. Like, the fact that we have a runs Linux segment is a stupid idea. If in 2017 mm -hmm. I launched a new show, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have a runs Linux because everything runs Linux. Right, except embedded for your, stuff, yeah. Except, no. Everything in the entire universe runs Linux except for your Windows machine and your Mac. Mm -hmm. That's what doesn't run Linux anymore. Mm -hmm. Everything, oh, oh, I'm sorry, and your iOS device. Right. Those three things, your Windows machine, your Mac, mm -hmm. and your iOS device don't run Linux. Right. Everything else in the entire world runs Linux. So now let's talk about market share because while you can condense it down into three labels, the fact is that the market share of those three labels, the repre representation of people, the representation of money, the representation of buyers of those three labels is astronomical compared to Your purchasing Linux. power, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at what – because I've done, spent a lot of time thinking how did we get to this point and really what it was was Microsoft drove people off of their own platforms because 15 years ago, 20 years ago, everyone was using Windows. And if you were in the IT crowd, you were using Windows, right? There was a couple fanboys that were like, I'm doing Apple, but you know, you had access to no software. Or Linux. Yeah, yeah, right. But for the most part, people were on Windows. And when I, I would say around that XP time, right after XP, maybe after seven, as as Windows continued to get crappier and crappier and there really weren't very many improvements and the desktop wasn't as stable, a lot of people started to go to Macs. And what you saw happen was a lot of software vendors said, oh, we need WebEx. Well, if you're on the it was an accepted thing. Are you a PC or are you on a Mac? And they said, oh, I'm on the Mac. Well, now as more and more people were on the Macs, well, we better make software for Macs. And eventually Microsoft Office, they come out and they produce software for the Mac. And now it's just kind of accepted that if you're on a Mac, that's just an acceptable thing. And it's companies' responsibility to figure out a way to get Mac users to be able to right. work into their environment. Right. And I would, I would say, actually, in some ways, the last year and a half, two years, have been the golden era for super powerful Linux hardware. System76 mm -hmm. has released the Oryx Pro. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they have incredible desktops. Really powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, super powerful desktops. Mm -hmm. Dell has the $10,000 laptop. Mm -hmm. They have that all-in-one that has Xeon processors, ECC RAM, mm -hmm. seriously dedicated graphics, 4K display, mm -hmm. a five-speaker, six-speaker integrated soundbar, mm -hmm. like... This is full-on professional Linux. And at the end of the day, that's just a piece of hardware. And there's no software on top of it. And there's no operating system. Because they're going to another company like Microsoft to get Windows. Or they're going to Canonical to get Ubuntu. And at the end of the day, what Apple is doing is they are taking their hardware and they are not selling you a computer. They're selling you an experience. No, they're, they're selling, selling you a package. So right. actually, yes. in a way, they're selling you, actually, depending on the on the profession, mm -hmm. they're they're selling you an application. Right. So Final Cut means mm -hmm. when you say I use Final Cut, what right. that means is I can use hardware that hasn't been fully updated. Mm -hmm. Or I can use hardware like say the new MacBook Pro 2016. Mm -hmm. I can use hardware that's come out but doesn't have the GTX 10 series graphics right. card. It doesn't have the latest and greatest Ryzen. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have more than 16 gigs of RAM. Right. But what it does have is it has an application developer and an operating system developer, and a hardware driver developer, right. and a kernel developer, and a hardware manufacturer, mm -hmm. who are all one company. Right. And so we will write everything for one thing. Mm -hmm. And so you can take the MacBook Pro, or mm -hmm. you can take the shitty, out-of-date Mac Pro trash can, mm -hmm. and you can put Final Cut on it, right. and all of a sudden, your benchmarks are better than 
maybe the latest and greatest Linux box using right. Lightworks with a GTX 10 series graphics card mm -hmm. simply because they have the oversight of the entire stack. And I think what the reality here is, mm -hmm. is that seriously high-end professional video or seriously high-end professional compute, and when I say that, I mean AI, I mean like neural networks, like really big data stuff. Mm -hmm. If you have somebody who creates the application that manages that, somebody and that same company mm -hmm. manages the driver, that same company manages the operating system, that same company manages the hardware, mm -hmm. and that same company manages the sales, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, what you get is, is a no-compromise device. Even if it's a year out of date. Right. And so the problem is... Where Apple falls short in their file system, it, there's there's plenty of things that we in don't, their hardware, it, it, plenty of outdated hardware, right? Sure. They don't need to update it. Yeah, where and they, I've I've ragged on the hard on the file system a thousand times. But where they fall short, it's still good enough for most people, and even the people that it's not quite good enough for, they're willing to look past that because of the other market advantages. Yeah, I was I was watching on Google Plus, uh, Swampy, uh, Linux journalist. Uh, he's interviewed Linus a couple of times. Uh, he's he basically goes to every single trade event ever. And uh, he was posting pictures from both DockerCon and other conventions he's mm -hmm. gone to. And at the same time, I'm watching I'm watching a live feed coming in on my news feed of uh, of uh, of LinuxCon and and just all these you know DockerCon and and the one I was watching simultaneously happened to be DrupalCon. So mm -hmm. so DockerCon and DrupalCon, big deal. Pretty right? yeah. Oh man, these are big deals. Right. Right. Oh, everybody cares. Mm -hmm. But but legitimately in the industry, big deals. Mm -hmm. They're going on right now. Mm -hmm. And they, and just since this episode is recorded, and he's posting screenshots, he's posting snaps of, of events, he's mm -hmm. posting this and that. Other folks on Twitter are posting this and that. And you know what they all are? They're all screenshots of Macs. Mm -hmm. They're all screenshots of crowds that all have MacBooks with the glowing Apple logo. Mm -hmm. They and, don't glow anymore, by the way. No, not anymore. Not in yeah. the newest ones. But what we have here, and you and I have, you and I have kind of like we flirted with this problem on the show before. Uh huh. But you go to these open source events mm -hmm. where you have server software running on Linux. Right. You have stuff that's managed over SSH. Right. You have stuff that's installed via packages. Yep. You have stuff that's updated via packages. Mm -hmm. You have stuff that runs on top of the Linux kernel. Mm -hmm. And every single person at that event mm -hmm. is managing it with a Mac. Right. Because they can. And so the question then becomes... What? How, how did we get there and why can't we seem to move ahead? And the reality is it's not that we don't have any competitive advantages on Linux. We have plenty. There are plenty of software packages that are amazing under Linux. Take FFmpeg, for example. The problem is we have to decide, do we stick with our with our freedom philosophy and license it as GPL, which ultimately means it's going to get forked and be brought over to an well, already existing so platform. So stop right there. Is that – so is the problem – that the moment we get something that's really badass, so mm -hmm. uh, let's take OBS. OBS, OBS, great example. FMPEG. Yep. Um, let's you know th those are two, but I mean, OBS for media is particularly is is particularly going to be easy for people to latch onto because it's a way to to broadcast yourself, right? Anything that's like really revolutionarily great that right. is open source yes. just gets ported to Windows or Mac exactly. the moment there's a user base that wants it, right? And so the problem is when we have a ton of really cool things, they always just get stolen from us and brought to these other platforms. So we have a, we are we're at a fork in the road. We can choose to say, okay, we're going to make a pr and I've thought about this. If AltSpeed had the funds, if I could come up with a really great idea a really great project and I put it out would I be would I stick my feet in the mud and be like if you want to use this you're going to be on Linux and that's just the way it is and see what and roll the dice or because that really is pretty anti-open source right I mean eventually somebody says I want to take your software it's licensed GPL I want to take important I say no we're going to license it proprietary that's the only real way to stop you almost from doing sound that. like a lock-in vendor right exactly lock-in vendor so what 
Where's the, where's the, I don't think we're ever going to gain a lot of ground as it sits right now, except for if Apple exits the desktop industry. If they decide, hey, listen, the world is moving mobile. We've never held more than 10 or 15% of the desktop d industry anyway, and we make like 60% or better well, of our I mean, money on mobile. Well, so half, we, more than half of all the phones out there are iPhones, if especially we were, here in the U.S. If we were having this conversation a month ago, I'd say like, yeah, man, that's totally possible. They love mm -hmm. the iPhone. That's the that's the future of Apple. Mm -hmm. um, but but since, since then, mm -hmm. we have had um, Apple held like this special press conference. Mm-hmm. With uh, Apple-friendly journalists mm -hmm. like John Gruber, mm -hmm. and they brought them in. They said, "Come here, come around this table. Come here, let's talk about this." The professional market mm -hmm. is very important to us, mm -hmm. and we're going to work on this super hard. Mm -hmm. And thirty percent of Mac users use professional apps mm -hmm. from Xcode to Final Cut to Logic. Mm -hmm. Thirty percent mm -hmm. of the Mac market. So we're going to release a new iMac that has Xeon processors and ECC RAM mm -hmm. and dedicated graphics. And on mm -hmm. top of that, we're going to release a brand new modular Mac Pro. Mm -hmm. It will have modular graphics and modular CPUs and modular memory and modular hard drives. Right. And we're going we're gonna to finally deliver machines. And I bet they still make more money off the iPhone 8. Well, absolutely. But here's the issue. Mm -hmm. Is your world where we're going to use DaVinci Resolve 14 or we're going to use mm -hmm. Lightworks or mm -hmm. or actually it's Lightworks 14 or whatever the DaVinci version. Right. But, mm -hmm. you know, I gotcha. that is predicated on this sort of convenience factor of Apple ignoring the Mac platform. It's our friends over at System76, the Galago Pro is predicated on the Mac Pro missing the target. Mm -hmm. Our friends MacBook at Dell, Pro, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it, it is predicated, the XPS 13 is right. predicated on the fact that the MacBook Pro is missing the target. And you know this because we have talked to these people right. individually, yes. and there is a market opportunity because Apple is not delivering the hardware that these users want. Right. True? You agree? Yeah, absolutely. No disagreement? I, I, not, not only, and we have personally talked to these vendors? No, we have, and not only, I think on top of that, though, I think there's also an added a part of, I think that there's a large portion of developers that don't like developing on Mac, aside from the hardware. Well, before you get there, yeah. my issue is, mm -hmm. because I think that's two separate issues. I agree. So there is yeah. one, there's one folks, one set of people, to be honest with myself, mm -hmm. if, if it comes down to getting work done, I care more about the fact that the hardware is shit than the, the fact that sure. the software is proprietary. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the reason I have switched away from Mac is not because of Mac OS X, although I do not like it. Mm -hmm. I have switched away from Mac because they have not been competitive on the hardware. Mm -hmm. That's why, I've, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. we, you and I are sitting in a room right now mm -hmm. that for 10 years has had Macs in it right. and no longer has any Macs in this room mm -hmm. because they have not been competitive. I will always pick the thing that works the best for the thing I am trying to do. Mm -hmm. I try to look at them as tools and not a religion. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my that's my take on it. Sure. And for a long time, the Macs have been a better tool. Right. We crest that, mm -hmm. and now Linux and a general hardware platform is a better tool. Mm -hmm. There is the possibility that in the fall that they may release a 5K iMac mm -hmm. with a Xeon processor and dedicated graphics mm -hmm. that is going to stop that bleeding. Maybe. You, as you've, as every time Apple leaves a lull like this, right, they don't develop for a little bit, they don't release a new hardware, you get people to jump off the platform. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that a lot of those people are coming to Linux. I think there's a good majority of those people that are coming over to the Windows. Or from Windows, at yeah. The premier, at the Premiere side. But yeah, the reality man. is those people are not coming back. 
to Mac. I don't believe it. it and if they came back to so Mac, you're, you mean we're I, catching them before they ever even try the Mac? We're catching them as they're no, switching? no, no. I'm saying maybe they were on Mac to begin with, and now they've jumped off. They jumped to Premiere. Nomadic Fanatic oh, okay. is a great example, okay. right? So he goes over to Windows on Premiere, and what I'm saying is, even if he ever went back, he he's was still go, on the Mac. He's, he, but but in Premiere though, that's my point. And so and I think a lot of people are going to follow that trend. I think unless you're using those tools side by side, you do an in-depth comparison like you've done. I think a lot of those people are going to say, "This is where I know how to get my work done. This I already know the flow and stuff like that. I'm comfortable with it on Windows, and it gives yeah. them the added security of if we ever have that five-year lull again, I can just jump back to Windows, and now I have the same tools I'm working with." I think that represents a very severe portion. And when that happens, when that happens, I think that Apple as big as they are, as much money as they have, can only produce hardware so fast. And at the same time, you have Dell is coming out, and then the release cycle from that is different from HP, is different from that from System76. So here's my thought, dude, mm -hmm. is that uh, it's too late for Apple. So there was a, there was a news story this weekend that Apple is going to convert the Mac Pro from just like this like small-time like focus, like professional machine. Right. Right. Like this entire, and I, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like their trademark and their filings with the U.S. government. Yeah. They're going to transition this from like a desktop machine in mm -hmm. their trademarks to like this multi-graphics monster with augmented reality. I have a, yeah. I have, I have the article up on the uh, video stream if you're watching, mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's this whole thing where Apple's going all in. They're going crazy, right? They're going super like big on like graphics and stuff. Uh -huh. But I feel like maybe it's too late. Like yeah. the ship has fucking sailed and seven years mm -hmm. of not updating your shit mm -hmm. was a cost too high for professionals that had work to get done to pay maybe the, the the problem that i think that linux or windows really needs to solve is the support structure that's behind the computer as well right because yeah, one of the yeah, thing, yeah. because one of the things that apple does very very well is apple and we talked about this you know briefly too apple has brand loyalty and they have brand loyalty to an extreme to the point that if you cite and i've had this happen a bad experience that you have with apple Every, the, you have people that will literally just jump on you for doing something yeah. wrong before they even hear the rest of the story just because there's no possible way that Apple could so, have done something wrong. Can I and, defend that for a second? Sure. So Noah has a personal experience that I mm -hmm. know about where mm -hmm. uh, there was somebody made a comment that mm -hmm. was that wasn't even disparaging about Apple support. Right. It was just like they kind of dropped the ball here mm -hmm. and like like a team of people like jumped to the defense of Apple. Right. Um, I, I kind of I feel like I, I understand that because. Mm -hmm. As a Linux user, I so many years mm -hmm. people had misconceptions about limitations of Linux. Sure. And so when somebody would start to quote a limitation of Linux, mm -hmm. like I would be motivated to jump in and be like, actually, mm -hmm. that's not quite right. Right. Um, and I, I think that's I think that's happened. I think the mm -hmm. internet the internet has got ahead of itself. Um, the situation with Apple is not as bad as the entire internet would have us to believe. Mm -hmm. um, you can look at 2016 MacBook Pro benchmarks of Final Cut versus mm -hmm. Premiere on a Windows machine mm -hmm. with the latest stuff, and the MacBook Pro is still kicking its ass. Mm -hmm. And so Apple users see that, and they go, um, actually, mm -hmm. if you consider the fact that the vendor that is managing the OpenCL code and is managing the application, the interfaces with the OpenCL mm -hmm. code, and is writing the driver and writing the operating system mm -hmm. and creating the hardware, and when they bring all this together, the performance is much better. Like, there is an internal, like, geek Right. The specs tell me this is better, and you don't know, right. so I have to but defend regardless, it. Regardless of if they're correct or incorrect, what it does, 
undisputedly is buys Apple time. It buys them time to try out different things and they have their loyalty. Screw it up. Yeah. Just screw it up. Just, Just screw focus it up. on and, the phone. And then and then and then course correct. Yeah. So we can release a trash can and try something really cool. Now if if tomorrow, if if Dell said we're discontinuing all of our workstations, we're making a trash can, Dell might go out of business for doing that, right? Yeah. yeah. But Apple can say we're doing this and, and what brand loyalists will do is they'll say, okay, that's fine. I just won't use my capture cards for seven years until we, they get around to fixing that. And I think I, I that, disagree. See, I think that buys. People. Here's the problem: is I think when you say mm -hmm. people use Macs because they like Apple, mm -hmm. because the fanboys like Apple, because of brand loyalty or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever slang you want to use for mm -hmm. why people buy Macs, mm -hmm. that is what what you're doing mm -hmm. is you are writing off all of the reasons reasons people buy Macs. What you're saying is maybe. None of the reasons people actually use Macs are legitimate. They're simply buying Macs despite all of the overwhelming evidence because they like Apple. Mm. And I, what that is, is it's a short circuit in your brain to say, I don't have to analyze all of the reasons people might find a Mac advantageous mm -hmm. because it, because that would mm -hmm. argue with my narrative of why the thing I have chosen is better. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the thing I've chosen and I'm yeah. going to apply a narrative to no, them. I, I disagree and I'll, I'll explain why. The I think there is definitely a portion of the population that digs in deep kind of like you do and says these are the technical merits and stuff. That population absolutely exists and those people are buying the Mac platform because of the technical advantages that they see. But I think that doesn't represent even 10% of who's buying Macs. I think the majority Disagree. I think the majority of people that are buying Macs are college students that are ready to go to college yeah. and when they go here's their experience. The Mac doesn't crash and the Windows one does and the Mac is better and the Mac is hip and yeah. the Windows one isn't and yeah. so I want the Mac. And I yeah. think if you look at the numbers of, of people that are sitting in yeah. coffee shops with Mac, I think that number would blow up 10 times. Would they do circles around the people that are buying it for the technical advantages? I say it's two different markets. I, say I agree it's two different markets. I just think one is drastically smaller. You, you have the, well, okay. All right. I don't disagree with any of that. You have the market of folks that say, I want a computer that isn't going to cause me problems yep. and I've got $2,300 to blow. Right. I'm going to get a Mac. Yep. Uh, but then you've got you've got the market of folks like you and I and a lot of our listeners who actually oh, yeah. research these things. Sure. Who really look into these things. Sure. And, and, you know, I will go to, kind of proud right now, I will go to my mom. Okay. Who is is not an expert in computers mm -hmm. who wouldn't know the difference between a 133 megahertz bus mm -hmm. and PCI Express bus. Like, she, no idea. Mm -hmm. But she can sit down and she can research the shit out of something. Mm -hmm. And she has ended up on a Mac mm -hmm. over and over and over again since about 1984. Mm -hmm. And I'm not joking. Sure. So for her, it doesn't require that she understands the difference between DRM and and AAC me mm -hmm. managed media. What matters to her is specs for performance mm -hmm. and and cost for job versus output for job. Sure. And the Mac is devastating. Devastating. Mm -hmm. In fact, it, it is not even a fact. Nothing really a factor. The Mac is mm -hmm. devastating mm -hmm. in that metric, and that's the one she's going by. Sure. So for her, she can look at it objectively and go, this is a stable platform, and if I buy this laptop today, mm -hmm. in three years, I can, turn that, I can turn that laptop around, I can sell it for about 70% of what I paid for it, yep. buy the next thing mm -hmm. when my client comes in and pays me, right. and do the next job even better. So let's break that down. First of all, I think your mother 
while that's exceptional, hey, I, I, I don't. I think that represents a, again a, a marginalized portion. You mean of the, the entire creative industry that uses uh, Max? Creative industry that probably is the what entire you're industry that yeah, uses yeah, yeah. Max. Yeah. I think creative industry. But here's the thing: even in the creative industry, I can pick that apart. That guy at the music store that we were talking to, he did not know the technical specifications of Max. Here's what he knows: the yeah. music industry uses it, so that's what I'm going to buy. So it, again, it gets kind of back into that brand loyalist. But I'll, but let's pick that apart a little bit. Why does the Mac have such a high resale value? What well, has a high resale value? Because they don't ever update it. <laughs> Why, dude? <laughs> yeah, they're a little spine demand. Because, because, because it's a highly sought after product because they have a lot of that brand falling. So it's easy to sell a Mac because there's always somebody around the corner that wants to buy one and doesn't have necessarily the money to break in. But I argue, like, and going back to what you're saying about, you know, you, I, I, I'll project a narrative because of what I've chosen. Here's what I've chosen. I've chosen to fight a different set of problems. So on the Mac, you have, there's oh, there's problems on every operating system. I have chosen to fight the limited uh, software availability that I may have on Linux in exchange for, man, I can load my stuff, any computer I yeah, darn yeah, well please. Yeah, yeah. And I can pick today when that Dell has a 13-inch laptop that I can use, I can take this and use it until, my two, until Lenovo, after four orders, gets my 270 right. And then I'll go to that, which has, you know, a more robust build, an Ethernet port. But and I I like that fighting the I'll take the software battle because really all I'm doing is email terminal Firefox, and and now this right. uh, this uh, so now I'm gonna flip sides and okay. I'm gonna play devil as devil's advocate for the position I was just arguing so okay. then you get to a certain point where you get to become a business and you mm -hmm. want to make money and you got multiple people involved right and it's not like you want to be rich you just want to pay your bills and mm -hmm. be able to buy gas maybe a hot dog if you're lucky right and the <laughs> and the reality is is that you and I this weekend ripped out the two remaining Macs in this entire effing studio. We did. And we put in all new Linux machines. Well, not new, but we reloaded them with Linux. Right. And you never once asked me for the serial number, for the license activation right. information, for a login. Like, And we had to reload it halfway through because of some you know, various issues. Because I'm a picky bitch. Right. Yeah. Was, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want ZFS on my root partition because every time we update the kernel, the ZFS machine yeah. won't boot. Not so, that I chose to do that to begin with, but... Um, yeah, but yeah, I, no, I mean, yeah, so, I agree to a certain degree. There's right. a, there is a, there is a practicality that comes with using other platforms. Right. The issue though is what happens, you're talking about a business owner. What do you do, Chris, if you're not the owner and operator of a technology podcast and you just need to be able to broadcast? Now right. what? Because who's going to come in and set this machine up for you? Right. Who are you going to well, get? It, it, because I can go down to the Apple store and tell them well, I need something with Here's wire. the thing that sort of gives me a little bit of hope is, uh, that the reality is, is that sort of like this, um, it's sort of how erosion works. Mm -hmm. Like once it becomes open source and once it becomes generally available, it might right. take a long time. Yep. But after years and years and years and years of blowing against the trend, mm -hmm. you sort of shave that rock down. Mm -hmm. And that's Linux and open source. So right. uh, you and I sitting here redoing this entire thing, all Linux, all open source, not not a effing ounce of proprietary software making it possible. Right. Uh, but at the same time, we are having a conversation with our buddy Chase, yeah. who is working at a local ABC national affiliate mm -hmm. and they needed to get something up on the live stream immediately. Mm -hmm. And this is where I say you have the erosion effect because right. yes. eventually it just becomes, well, this is a thing that's available online and it's free. Well, tell and what so I've had time to fuck yeah. with it. Tell him what he did though. Go ahead. No, so, so, he, so, so basically he needed- I was to, building it up, dude, yeah. for you. He was uh, he was setting in a, he was needed to put up a streaming- for a local system. ABC affiliate. And so they said, well, let's get a Wirecast machine like we've always done and get a Mac and put all this stuff in. And they said, yeah, we don't have a budget for that. So here's what we want you to do. Just get something up and running. So he just took, repurposed an old Windows box and put OBS on it and got it working. Now, the thing to take note of there 
is well, kind of what you were saying about erosion is eventually what's going to happen is we're going to get to a point where the ABC affiliates look and they're like, you know, here's the thing. We put that OBS box in. It ran for two years and we took it out and shipped it to Wirecast. And, but really, there's no difference in performance. So maybe we should just yeah. leave it on the OBS yeah. the next time. Yeah. We, you know, and you yeah. get to that point where you say, well, it's yeah. good enough. And you have yeah. the added benefit of people like Chase. They can take that software home. They can try it out. They can learn all this stuff. You know, as a business owner, you know, the thing that costs us the most money at AltaSpeed, bar none, our absolute highest expense. Getting people Getting people speed. trained. It, we, whether we send them somewhere to get them trained or we do on-the-job training, it is a massive money suck. Yeah. And so if I could get to a point where I can tell an employee, just take this home, play with it, and they can go get that software for free, yep. man, that's that, yeah, I know. that, that I know. the ROI just goes through the roof. I know. And so here's the other thing that's great about it is that continues, right? That effect just continues over time. So Apple can rev the iMac, right? Apple can make a new Mac Pro that's just like the cheese grater. They can rebuild the Mac Pro, and mm-hmm. they, can, they, can, they can revitalize that market. But mm-hmm. the erosion effect continues. Right. The general technology platform effect continues, just mm-hmm. like Linux has had. And 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 if you want an example, look at the entire ARM market. Eventually, oh, yeah. over time, just the general platform technological availability yep. of open source and mm-hmm. Linux makes it happen. And so then you eventually end up with our buddy like uh, our buddy like Chase, yeah. who's got an ABC affiliate, who's got to put something up in the Seattle metropolitan area, and he's using OBS because that's what he has experience with. And it doesn't matter what and Apple he didn't does. didn't have to get budget approval. It's really, you know, yeah. And, and now look at now think about this, too, because you mentioned the pie. Think about Microsoft tried to break into that. Right. They said, oh, we got all these computers, all these yep. kids using it. We're going to release yep. a thing for pie. Yep. How many people you seen you running windows on the pie? <laughs> How many people yeah. you seen? Yeah. It just isn't happening. It, and you no. know why? You know why? Because we've got a competitive advantage there and we have penetrated that market. And again, just like people are resistant to change on Windows, just like people are resistant to change on Mac. Now that we have a dominance in that particular area, there's even Microsoft with all their money can't break in to a thirty nine dollar computer market. Right. Even if you could re- even if you could use the same software, totally the agree. same things that you're using on yep. Stops, nobody wants to do it. Yeah. So all we need is a, sm- a just enough of a gap that we can break into that market. Mm-hmm. And once we get a hold, people start looking. They go, "The yes, there are disadvantages to Linux, just like there are to every operating system. But overall, there's a bunch of competitive yeah. advantages. And the amount of stress that you have with Linux is so much less than those other operating systems. I'll take it. And yeah. actually, one last thing, this the software construct, which is really the the most, which is the terrible, the worst part about. Uh, Linux is a chicken or the egg thing, right? If you get enough users, I promise you, if tomorrow everyone that used Adobe Premiere said we're on Linux and we're not buying your product unless there's a Linux one, well, the yeah. next day Adobe would be developing for Linux, right? So if you can get enough of those people on Linux, I, I think we'd I think we'd have a real shot. Yeah, I think there's so much more in, that needs to happen before that clicks into place, yeah. but it, yes. it almost is irrelevant. But it's a social construct is my point. It's, there's no technical limitations. Yes, and, the, and that's that's very true. And the reality is if today you wanted the best video editing machine mm-hmm. for a prosumer market, sure. maybe it's a Mac, maybe it's Windows. Mm-hmm. It, it, it actually doesn't matter because right. in, in 5, 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. it will change. And and the reality is it's always changing, and the general technology platform that is Linux will continue to advance. And when commercial interests no longer are there, like uh, there's a, there, when Apple no longer has a commercial interest in the high-end video editing market mm-hmm. or when, when Adobe no longer has an interest in the Flash market, right. which – 
four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, right. would have been insane. Yeah. Adobe give up on Flash? Yeah. No. I'm no. Yeah. I, no way. That's not gonna happen. But now it could actually legitimately be a thing. Like well, it is a thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Transitions happen. Uh-huh. And the general technology platform that is available for everybody for low cost that mm-hmm. you can experiment as a tinkerer and as a high end professional. Mm-hmm. Those the gap between those two users are mm-hmm. actually is actually much much smaller than we like to pretend and that is in the end what will make linux win out it's it's i agree it's just simply a matter of time i agree and so you and i are sitting here and as we are recording this episode i am able to on linux which i don't i don't feel like there's ever been this period of time i I am able to pull up in real time the mixer that we are recording this episode on right i can connect to it and i can say pull in all of the settings from our mixer load it into my linux pc right get all of the get all of the effect settings all of the real-time meters all of that stuff mute noah because he's being a door yeah well so so go ahead so if i was just talking like this and then chris decided oh noah's done yeah right here from my linux box (laughs) Right, (laughs) and I can look at real time audio. This is over Ethernet, over IP on a Linux app, and you can even have more than one computer that's doing that. (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm talking here. Yeah, exactly. We can fight over it. (laughs) I mean, and this is on Linux. This is on Good News slash Linux. Yeah, and we're doing this. Mm So it's happening. It just takes a really long time. And for those of us that are commenting on stories, or for those of us that are shock jocks on Twitter, like it doesn't shock feel jocks. like it's it doesn't feel like it's happening fast enough. Yeah. But those of us that have been watching for I don't know maybe a decade, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. And actively the participating product. in it. <laughs> yeah. Actively participating, trying it on the edge, trying it maybe before mm-hmm. it's a little bit real, mm-hmm. before it's a little bit ready, before it's actually should be used in production. But yeah, man, submitting we, bugs. Jeez, when we did the first OBS broadcast from Linux Fest, not only did it kind of save the day, but like I don't know. If you, I don't even knew because I was operating it, so I don't know if you know how bad it was. But there were no hockeys, yeah. so I had, to, yeah. I had to click on each scene. And so what yeah, I did I was I organized them in a specific way so that I could the dual shot was in between, so I could go. It could use the so up you air could the down. Hunt air. with the mouse. You could yeah, hunt like was, an animal, and like I want to change it to this yeah. camera shot. It was <laughs> yeah. it was bad, but you know the thing is that that right away it clicked for both of us, and we were like, you know what, this is where the future is going to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and uh, if you if you are uh, if you are at all interested in this stuff, I I, I totally encourage you to dive in but it's pretty cool uh you know 11 years into the show mm-hmm. to be sitting here and go yeah i can see that apple is working on getting their ass out of it and they're gonna they're gonna shift down and they're actually gonna you know maybe release a product that's been updated in the last 13 months mm. but in the reality it's like nothing they can do yeah. like they have a temporary advantage perhaps mm-hmm. but there's nothing they can do and when i look at those macbooks at those events mm-hmm. i know that and eventually, those MacBooks are mm-hmm. going to be very expensive to replace, and you could easily, easily, mm-hmm. with 20 minutes of Google search, just or have Wes do it, but right. 20 minutes of Google searching, mm-hmm. and you could load Linux on that thing. And I, today, have a 2013 MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. and I will admit I am using a MacBook-specific kernel from the AUR, but it's just a couple of patches. It's not a big deal. And I have a flawless Flawless Linux you know, experience. But even aside from that, though, every time we see this gap, right? They release a, a MacBook and it's it's not up to people's expectations. Those people are jumping over to things like this XPS 13, and I don't think these people are coming back either. No. People that are developing on this, it does everything they need it to do. It's less expensive. It's a and yeah. it's a really good hardware build. So. That we have that too. I'll say this too: if you're curious at all about this from a practical developer like workflow standpoint, go check out say the last month of Coda Radio episodes mm-hmm. where uh, Mike has chronicled his switch from Linux mm-hmm. to Mac, mm-hmm. the, the new MacBook Pro with the Touch Bar. Mm-hmm. He switched. He's chronicled his switch from Linux to MacBook Pro with the Touch Bar, mm-hmm. and then 
dumps it. Big twist, switching back to Linux, yeah. which I did not see. I did. I did not expect that. I did not yeah. see that coming. And and in some ways, it is it is a perfect picture of what we've been talking about right here. And eleven years into it, with sitting here in a room, uh, a room meant for production full of Linux, mm-hmm. I'm feeling better than ever. I do feel like in the next six months, seven, eight months, Apple's gonna uh, Apple's gonna update some hardware. Mm-hmm. Professionals are gonna, you know, they're gonna stop the bleeding, and there's gonna be a lot of hype, especially if it's if it's matched with a new OS release. Yes. there's gonna be a ton of pressure on Linux to perform. I say, step back, take a deep breath, look at the big picture, and give it a three year view, give it a five year view, and it's it just literally does not matter. Yeah, and that is huge. I agree. Yeah. I love it. That's that's it right there. I, fe- I feel like we should end it on that note. And that brings us to the end of this week's broadcast. But we do have some great feedback, some important follow-up about next week's episode, and all of that shenanigans to get into. So first, I want to thank System76 for making it possible for us to sit here on our butts until the point they get numb and record this segment. That's how we were able to do it, system76.com. But more important, that's how you are able to get a machine that runs, designed, and is born to run Linux. Not just runs Linux. Not just runs Linux. Designed, supported, created to run Linux. And that really is the differentiator at system76.com. You can go there and get a laptop, a desktop, a server, and I'm just, you know, I'm just going to mention, I'm just going just gonna to mention, Galago Pro. Pre-order going on right now. Galago Pro. Galago Pro. I'm just going to say that. Galago Pro. The Galago Pro. I'm, I, maybe I said a few more. Galago Pro. One more time. Also, if you just want something with raw dog performance, the Oryx Pro with a GTX 10 series GPUs. <laughs> what a beast. System76.com. Go there. Tell them when you're checking out that Noah switched you to Linux. That way they know we sent you. And if you're just even in the market for a desktop, they got a new model Meerkat, which is ridiculous. The CEO of System76 makes it work for him. They got the Leopard workstation. And then if you got something to prove or maybe a job to get done, they got the Silverback workstation. Silverback workstation is so good, I will reach over this table and smack that bell. System76.com. Go there. Check them out. Tell them that Noah switched to Linux. If you need something to just work, if you want to get some, you know, I don't know, maybe some tasks done. You know, you're a task-oriented type of person, system76.com. Maybe you don't want to troubleshoot, system76.com. Maybe you want to support somebody in the local Linux ecosystem, system76.com. Or maybe you just want to say thanks for all of the great 11 years of the Linux Action Show. System76.com, totally unrelated, but just coincidental. Coincidental, I have been a System76 customer for 11 years. Nice. That's awesome. It is. It is great. All right. So Christopher writes in and he says, we talked last week about a bug with the NVIDIA proprietary graphics driver. Basically what it does is it creates little white boxes around every time you click on a menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Christopher writes in and he says, hey guys, that's an NVIDIA bug. We use a Dell Precision 7710 with an NVIDIA GPU at work. You have to drop to a terminal and type Compex. And I think comp says is. comp is dash dash replace. That clears it up. There is no word on the fix from NVIDIA PS. I work in a Ford Motor Company and we've using Ubuntu for the automa- autonomous driving development. I will miss last. You guys have been a huge help in my career so far. Well, thank you. And I hope Christopher. Oh, my with a God. K, is that a helpful tip? I hope he stays tuned for user error. Uh, so comp is dash dash replace would be replacing the. Uh, the back-end system, it would, it would be f- essentially firing up Compiz because if you're on Unity, Compiz is already running 
I would think so. I, I'm, I'm, I got to play with this. I would Here's have the to... thing: I have three machines that have dedicated NVIDIA, yeah. and all of them have that problem. In fact, the most Maybe irritating one, it, dude. the most irritating one, is my video production workstation. I have to, I can't put it in standby anymore. I have to shut it all the way down because if it comes to go to standby, it comes back up. It has the stupid boxes, and I can't edit video. <laughs> that is <laughs> annoying. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this is a really great help. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Christopher with a K. Also, if you'd like to ask us a question, or if you want to hang out during our last episode of the Linux Action Show, or if you just want to say hi to Noah and I, or just get some Linux on, consider coming to Linux Fest Northwest, May 6th and 7th. You can find out more information at linuxfestnorthwest.org. Your local Jupiter Broadcasting Network will have a booth. We'll be recording the final episode of the Linux Action Show at Linux Fest Northwest. It is a great time. I've been going for over a decade. It's one of the best Linux and open source conferences that happens in the entire world. If you have the means, I encourage you to go to Linux Fest Northwest, May 6th and 7th. If you don't have the means, but you still want to get a, a sense of the event, tune in, tune in, jblive.tv. I would imagine we will probably have this live stream up by, by about Saturday, probably 10 a.m. Pacific time. And we'll yeah, just stream the thing. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be, the Ask No Show will be live on Saturday. So oh, yeah? we're going to be taking calls right from the show floor. And Linux Action Show. And Linux Action Show will be live Sunday. And then in between, spurst with a bunch of the hosts. I'm sure Wes will be sitting in. Oh, yeah. Angela will be sitting in. I'll be there. Alan will be there. Um, and Chase is going to be there. So it's going to be a real fun time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So Martin T. writes in about uh, radio telescopes. He said, I had a day trip to Jarrell Banks, which is a large <laughs> radio telescope in the Sychar of in the UK. Is that am I saying that right? Shushar. Uh, in the uh, visitor center was a display about the computers they use. I took a picture of it, and it says they use Linux. Unfortunately, it did not say what distro they use or show a screenshot, but they say up front for everybody to see they use Linux. I've included a few pictures, and it's an impressive sight. And uh, I actually have a couple of these pictures, Noah, and they look pretty great. So he's got a shot here of like a, like a slideshow of the thing itself. Mm -hmm. And damn, man, like I want to go here. Look at this thing. Yeah, this is like a radio telescope that's like listening to aliens. <laughs> so when we find aliens, it's going to be thanks to Linux. That would be great. Then they'll then they maybe not attack us because we're using a superior operating system. Well, they'll just see the spirit and the license of the GPL, and right. they'll say... You know what, self and self being alien, I don't want to attack the civilization. The GPL seems pretty legit. Right. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The aliens will say, self, the GPL seems pretty lit AF. <laughs> That's what they'll say, Chris. That's what the and That's that will say. that will prevent that will prevent the uh, alien invasion. Uh, very cool. And if you if you happen to see Linux out in the wild, I would love maybe by chance for you to get your submission in on the last episode of the Linux Action Show. If you go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact, you can attach pictures. You can give us a little description, maybe a link for more information. We do like to research the OS and all the information we can find. So if you can give us additional info about mm -hmm. the OS or whatever, the vendor that makes it, we love reading all about it so we can give a complete picture on the show. Go over jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact or create a thread, linuxactionshow.reddit. LinuxActionShow.reddit.com to go check that out. Mr. Noah, is there a place online people could find you maybe between now and next week? The Twittersphere at Ask... Uh, oh, sorry. That's, I'm so used that to saying it. Too, I'm so used to saying it. At Ask Noah Show on Twitter, at Kernel Linux Personal, uh, at UltaSpeed for the uh, for the company Twitter handle. I'm on Facebook too. Kernel Linux is the personal at Ask Noah Show. Yep. 
and at Alta Speed for the business. Quick shameless self-plug. Ask Noah Show is 6 p.m. Uh, Central Time, Monday nights, or that's 4 p.m. Pacific, specific time, at jblive.tv. Uh, and we have a toll-free number, 1-855-450-NOAA. That's 6624. So if you have questions about Linux or you have comments about current Linux technology or technology trends, give us a call. Join us. Let's, actually, let's take a moment and say, as the Linux show, as the Linux Action Show is signing mm -hmm. off, and we've, mm -hmm. you know, over the years we've experimented with helping with how tos and new users, and mm -hmm. we've tried to talk about that. We've done how to Linux as a separate show. We mm -hmm. obviously will have Linux Unplugged and Linux Action Show. I'm sorry, Linux. I'm going to do this a lot, but Linux Action News <laughs> and Ask No. I'll continue. Uh -huh. But one of the things I think would be really cool is the thing about Ask No. That's a serious chance to like break out and be different mm -hmm. is. That one eight five five number, mm -hmm. you could give that to friends that you just switched right. to Linux. Like, right. hey, okay, try out this Linux thing, and if mm -hmm. you have any questions, call this number. Right. I would love to see the show take off in that way. Oh like, yeah, yeah, man, switch to Linux, and here's a here's a one eight five five number you yep. can call if you have questions. Yeah, episode one, we're trying. I, I, you know, I said we're trying to, we're aiming to build the infrastructure around those people that are switching to Linux, so they have a resource they can come to. Yeah, I'd like to be that resource. Gosh, Google Google Helpouts, screw that. Just call one eight five five. Four five zero Noah six six two four. Boom. Thought you were gonna finish it. <laughs> no, no, no. I was gonna let you do. It. Uh, also, you can follow what I'm up to. I'm at Chris Las on the Twitters. I am at Jupiter Signal if I'm a company, and if it's my personal <laughs> vlog, it's Jupiter. No, actually, yeah, JupiterBroadcasting.com/slash/rover. They just all get posted there, or YouTube.com/slash/ChrisFisher, which may change, which which may change, may change one day. But for the meantime, it's YouTube.com/slash/Chris. Fisher, that's my name. And uh, we will be back next week live from Linux Fest Northwest. However, if you're curious about how our Linux endeavors go, tune in throughout the week at jupiterbroadcasting.com because all of the shows, even if it's not an aspect of the show, will be recorded, produced, all of it under Linux right here. No Macs in the studio. It is a beautiful day at Jupiter Broadcasting. So check out the you're whole welcome. week. <laughs> Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get all of the live times or just check out the front page for shows and make sure you're subscribed to Linux Unplugged because it is kicking ass these days and you can find it also at jupiterbroadcasting.com. It's another Linux podcast that you definitely should be listening to if you're not already. Okay, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of the Linux Action Show. I'm going to see you right back here next week. All right, here we go. You ready? Are you are you done belching in the microphone, or you need a little more time? Yeah. Please, please lecture me on making inappropriate noises into the into the microphone. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> okay, watch Chris trigger Noah in one, in two, in three. Ting is first to market with a 6G network. Oh my God! Are you serious? <laughs> Okay, alright, 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 okay, alright, okay, alright, 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 okay, 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 alright, here, let's look, let's look, let's look, let's look, let's look, let's look. The brand new 6G mobile network technology promises to be at least twice as fast as 3G standard. And the market tested so far is feeling like it's two point, actually, wow. It, uh, it actually says feeling in here. I'm not even making that up. Uh, the market tested as feeling 2.7 times more legit than 5G. <laughs> this has got to be a joke. This is this is a joke. They're fucking around. This is okay. a joke. So so let's let's see here. Oh my god, dude, they're joking. This is a joke. Oh god, I feel so much better. So check this out. 3G standard for cellular data and market tested as feeling 2.7 times more legit than 5G iteration of 4G network technology that forward-thinking mobile marketing and communication teams have already coined. 
<laughs> they are fucking around, dude. So really, they're fucking around. Really, they're, they're on my side. Yes, they are fucking. Ar- that is great. While most other carriers claim to offer speeds of 6G mobile network technology, Ting is the first to market with 6G rebranding today's LTE standard. <laughs> That's gold, dude! Oh my, so for those of you that don't know, because uh, you wouldn't know, Noah and I were literally just having a ranting, raving conversation in the car about how cellular networks don't care. Not, not just cellular networks, there's a whole bunch of companies that do this, but basically they take what starts out as a measure, a scientific measurement of something, like the standard for 4G, I was trying to look it up, it's something like there's it's supposed to be like 80 megs down right? or something, 100 megs, yeah. It's supposed to be a, a given standard, and so that number means something. You know what's yeah. nuts is this is live. In fact, Rikai, since you're watching, I wanted to mention to you uh, we should not apply the compressor or The compressor <laughs> Fuck your gaffer stick, dude. Seriously, fuck your gaffer stick. Okay, fine, let's use your two-pound stuff. <laughs> oh, Rekai, it's not that Firefox crashed, it's just that it went the, not in the... Oh, know. no, it crashed. We're gonna go with it crashed. But it didn't crash, though. No, no, we're gonna go with that, but then though. he's gonna say, you can't... I have a chrome narrative! I'll decide what the narrative is! <laughs> I don't know where that's from, but I like it. I wish I had the mustaches clip right now. I'd play it. I want it. Uh, oh, you think I should just worship you because you have a mustache? Uh, you mean like to. the second to last time? Hey, guys, last. welcome. Okay, all right. Okay, kidding. here we go. No, let's do it. Okay, that's fine. Right. It's fine. We're going to do that. That's okay. how I'm going to do it. Nice. That's how I'm doing it, Noah. Okay, in- I don't think you should do it that way. In three. <laughs> in two. <laughs> I want to start the news. Hey, it's the news, and this episode is brought to you by... Ting.com. Go to last.ting.com. Ting is on a mobile. (laughs) What now? (laughs) Let's do that one over. What happened? Did you forget what they are? They're on a mobile. That's no good. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, (laughs) Rekai! What's he have to do with this? I don't want him to leave that part in, Uh because that would be so embarrassing. I would just be so embarrassed. We're making great time. Hey, today. Noah, could you quit screwing around? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see how long I can hold it, but.